It's a great time to get a great deal on a new car when you get approved for an auto loan from PenFed. Our powered by True Car rates are as low as 1.39% APR on new vehicles. Finance for a longer term to lower your monthly bill, plus take up to 60 days to schedule your first payment. Join PenFed, and together, we'll keep you moving forward. Anyone can apply. Visit PenFed.org auto or call 1-800-247-5626. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. <clears throat> Welcome, listener. How are you? We're glad you're doing well today. So, I wasn't entirely sure what we're going to talk about, but I think that I might have found something that is um, an important topic. I've talked about this before, and it's a couple different issues, but basically the topic today is how to deal with a university lecturer, or as we call them in the States, a professor. Now, someone posted in in the group today. You posted a question that basically said something like, and I'm going to paraphrase because I did not quite get your entire point. So I'm just going to do the best I can and paraphrase for you. You basically said that you're studying something along the lines of business. That's great. And Okay, so yeah, you were telling us that you um, are studying business, and there are two math classes or something like that that you need to take, and you need to take some sort of an exam, and you've struggled with it, and basically, I think what's happening, and what I got out of what you said, is that the lecturer is concerned about you being able to pass the class or pass the exam, and that... They're creating an entire, basically a a university politicized drama, basically. And you want to know what to do about it. Well, let me basically tell everybody how, how the education system works in the United States. And I know you, I know you are not from the United States um, when you wrote the question today. And that is... Partially good and partially bad. Um, it's good in a sense that you are not from the States because you are not around the overly bureaucratic system that we have in the United States. However, it's kind of bad because in your country, I don't know what the disability laws are in your particular country. So because I don't know what the disability laws are in your country... I'm going to tell you about basically how the education system works in the United States and how we have to go about university in a very particular way. So, in America, we start to go to school when we're about five years old. Now, as a blind person in the United States, you have two choices. You can go to a school for the blind, 
or you can go to a mainstream public school. Now, actually, let's talk about what you think is better. Do you think it's better for a blind student to go to a school for the blind? Or do you think it's better for a student to go to a mainstream public school? Here are the advantages that I see to going for a, going to a school for the blind. Number one, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully you will be around teachers who are a lot more used to being around blind people and are at the school because they have a vested interest in special education or they have a vested interest in at least teaching the blind. That would be one of my hopes. The other positive thing, perhaps, about going to a school for the blind is that you are able to network and interact with other blind people. But, and that's all fine and well. But overall, here's the, here's the bad thing, or here are what I think are the negatives of schools for the blind. That for the most part, and there are a couple and there are several exceptions of this, um, around around the United States, but many of the schools for the blind are probably not, in my opinion, are probably not preparing blind students for university and mainstream society. And I'm not trying to be mean or negative, but in certain cases, some people have a lot of challenges in life. And while everybody has challenges in life, but some people have a lot more challenges. And so because of that, they're not going to be, perhaps they might not be able to truly be an active participant of society. And that's, that's not okay, but that seems to be what happens to a lot of people with disabilities, I'm finding. I think that's very sad, and I think that's very unfortunate. And I also think that there's not really a whole lot that we can do about it, unless we start to change our attitudes. And unless we start to change the way that we approach um, education. So I certainly think that this, this part is really worth having a discussion about this. Hold on. So yeah, let me know in the comments below. Um, what is better? Or what is better for a blind student? Do you think? Should you go to a school for the blind? Or should you go to a mainstream school? By the way, did you go to a school for the blind? How was your experience? Did you go to a mainstream school? Tell us about your experience. Okay? So, I'm going to tell you that from my experience was basically as follows. Summarizing along the way where I can. I went to a mainstream school because my parents felt that the state that we live in, um, the school for the blind in the state that I happen to live in happens to be, in my opinion, a school for the blind that is oriented towards people 
with other disabilities apart from and in addition to being blind. And that's great. But that's not the best and that's not the most appropriate environment for me as a child. Or it was, you know, it was not the most appropriate environment for me as a child. So, in the end, um, as some of you might know, or actually, I don't really think you know this, know all this information, but you might have heard, someone in this group might have heard, um, that in basically, to make a long story short, in around the year 2001, 2002, 2003, that time frame, um, my parents had to uh, sue the school system. And in the end, the end result was I got a wonderful teacher of the visually impaired who was able to prepare me to go to university. Now, why am I saying all this today? I'm saying all this to build up to my theory about what's right with the education system in America and what's wrong with the education system in America and what blind people need to do about it, okay? The good part is that our education system in the United States says, basically paraphrasing and giving a general idea. Let me, give, let me paraphrase it a little bit for you. Basically says that if you're a child who's blind and you are basically between the ages of 5 and 18 years old, you are entitled to a free and, appro- free and appropriate public education um, from the grades of kindergarten, which is K, all the way up until grade 12. Great. So, what do you do after that? Well, nothing. Because once you get to university in the United States, the Americans with Disabilities Act does not apply to you. And so, what I have found is this. Because of that, universities take advantage, in my opinion, of the fact that the ADA no longer applies to people with disabilities, but especially blind people. And so, as I say, in my opinion, I think that the universities take adv- can sometimes choose to take advantage of blind people by intentionally, or just as often, Hold on, guys. Nani, we're on our walk here, and I need to adjust. I need to adjust Nani's leash. Okay. Okay. Good. Okay, we're good. So, yeah, in my opinion, I think that the universities knowingly and unknowingly take advantage of blind people by either doing a combination of a lot of things, limited or. Um, in addition to, or here, here's all the things that they, do, that they do, and I'm sure they do a lot more. Number one, I'm sure that there are universities out there in the United States who simply, sadly, are not accepting blind people into their student body. I'm sure that that's happening. I don't know of a specific case, but I'm suspicious that that is the case for some people. So... <clears throat> The other thing that is 
the topic today and that is incredibly common. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to break it down for you. And I'm going to tell you why this is, I think, such a common problem. Is that a lot of professors at universities, in my opinion, are neither interested in teaching blind students, or if not interested, they simply refuse to do so. And I will tell you that I would say many, not all, but many of the professors that I have encountered in my life were either not interested in me or not willing to teach. The not interested part you can kind of ignore. But when they refuse to teach blind students, it really, really, really creates a very negative situation. Because think of it. Why are you at your particular university? Well, I think you're at your university because you're studying business. Okay? Why are you studying business? Which is a great thing to study. Why are you studying business? Well, I would guess that if I was a professor, I would guess that a student is studying business so that they can get a job. And so this is the... Deep down, this is the reason why people attend university in the United States. Ultimately, it's to come out four years later with a lot of debt. And then supposedly you're supposed to apply for a job. And supposedly you're supposed to get the job. And that is really why people are going to university. Because if they were able to get jobs in other fields, they probably would. And in fact, many of those people choose to not go to university simply because they already have a job. But here's the problem. At any university, you have to deal with people. And people, in my life and in my opinion, are becoming more and more of a problem and less and less of a solution. And I used to think that, well, maybe if you're nice... Maybe if you go about it in an assertive way, then maybe they'll cooperate. Well, not really. The people have gotten worse and worse over time in our country. And so, really, what can you do when these things happen? Um, the first question that I would have for you is, is your university, and this is a sensitive question, I'm sorry I have to ask it, but... This is part of the argument. Is your university a public or a private university? If it is a public university, then I would start writing letters. And I would write a letter to the dean who spoke to you. Um, I would write a letter to the president of the university. And I would make it crystal clear to them in the letter that the behavior of the lecturers is not acceptable and that you are and that you are neither going to tolerate the lecturer's poor behavior nor surrender to their demand of whatever it might be whether they want you to not take the test not take the class whatever you have to say in writing that you simply are not going to tolerate the behavior and once you start doing this whole you know policy of simply not tolerating and putting stops to things um, and especially once you start doing it in writing, you're going to see that people start to kind of complain a lot less. 
So I think we need to find ways of, of reducing the complaints um, and reducing the, the discriminatory action, I think. Now, if it's a private university there in your country, I would say, you know, there's really not, there's really not a whole lot you can do. Um, because a private institution is not, you know, being held to, to public law. They can't, you know, in, in America, private companies and private institutions do whatever they want for the most part. So because of this, I'm not really convinced that there is a whole lot that can be done unless it's a public university and unless you're willing to write letters in writing explaining the situation and making it clear that you are no that your ability to tolerate the behavior has expired. And once you make that clear in writing then then the behavior would need to stop. And look, if if they don't if they don't want to stop, if they don't want to behave, then uh, you live in a very small country. I saw which one it was. You live in a very small country and a very beautiful one at that too. Write, write a letter to the, to the Ministry of Education in your country. And um, the, other th- the other thing you might want to do is, I, I don't think you want to do, I, I'm not sure that you would want to do it necessarily, but you can also come, come to me and talk about it. Come on my podcast. You can, even, you can even open your voice memos. Send me a memo. Basically, send me a voice memo, and I can put it into a podcast, and then I can publish your story for you. So that's definitely something um, that, that can happen if you, know, if you want to do that. Now, what, what changes do we need to make you know, in, in the United States about this? I think that we need to actually pass some laws about this. Um, at our at our at the federal level, and basically, either do one of two things: either create a law that says that makes it somehow possible for the ad um, for the ADA to apply to universities and to somehow basically not really grandfather them in, but, you know, include them into the ADA legislation. I think that's probably easier said than done, and, I, and I'm not sure that that's possible. So what we could do is we could pa- try to pass a law that would strongly encourage blind people and people with disabilities, would strongly encourage them to only attend public universities. So that way, when there's some sort of a problem like this, um, the, the student truly has the right to complain about it. Because, you know, if you're at a private institution, you just have to basically do what they want you to do. And there's really not a lot of leeway. There's almost no debates there's almost no 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 negotiation so i'm kind of at this point in my life i'm kind of tempted to say that 
maybe blind people should, I guess, be strongly encouraged to go to a public university only. Or maybe if it gets bad enough, maybe we will have to pass legislation um, that says that blind people are no longer able to apply to private institutions. In an attempt, in a well-intended attempt to put blind people in a better place in university where they're, where they're able to complain and where they're able to demand, you know, the rights that we deserve. Um, I, I mean, it's drastic, but I think that's the only solution. Because the, the thing that definitely will not change is that people will have opinions. <clears throat> so, I don't know, you know. Hard to say. Hard to say what to do with that. But I I strongly encourage you, and you're gonna when um, after I record this today, I'm gonna send it to you in your in your messenger. So when you get a message, I'm I'm gonna wave at you, and then I'm gonna send you send you this link. And I want to know what all of your opinions are about this, and I want to know um, what you think we need to do about this. You know, by the way. I was just posting in our group a few minutes ago that I was thinking about trying out another application to run our show on, but um, it just doesn't, you know, it just doesn't seem good. It, it is accessible, but it doesn't seem like there's really enough traffic on it to make it worthwhile. So I think for right now, I think that this is probably the best platform. I would really love uh, for people to send in audio messages to me. You can even send me um, a voice memo um, on your voice memos app. You can talk to me. Um, I mean, if it, if it becomes an issue of, you know, you need to email me a voice memo so that the memo can be part of a show. Well, I'm not going to give out my personal email, but if you want, I can, I can set up an email address for this show. Um, I might do that. Actually, let me know if you want me to do that because I think that might help. Okay, so yeah, so what else? Um, so let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. What else has been going on in people's lives? Well, I've been hearing something good that somebody else posted today that they're very happy that they have accomplished a lot in their life and that they, um, the post, now I, I kind of forget what you said, I'm sorry, but. You posted something like, this is why I'm so proud today, or something like that. And then you posted a like list of all the things that you're proud of. And you said something that I really loved and was really impressed by. You said that the thing that impresses you is that you've learned something like not to be afraid of being blind. Or that you're proud that you've overcome your fear. And I think that is um, an, incredibly, an incredibly wise thing to say. And I think that one of the reasons why people are so discriminatory um, in society, but especially in the United States, and especially in your country, or else you wouldn't have had to post this. So apparently, apparently we have discriminatory people in every country. Um, but I think that one of the, one of the primary reasons why people are, are discriminatory is because people are ignorant and people are afraid. And if people are afraid... They don't really know how to react. And where did we get this from? Well, I know I've... I think I've said this before, but I think that discrimination comes 
from the same psychological standpoint as um, as when people are you know very concerned about protecting their family and very concerned about protecting people who look like them you know it's it's kind of like a survival skill i think so i think that the, so i think that basically since being discriminatory is a survival tactic when people are afraid of others i would beg the question or i would beg to argue that i don't think we can eliminate the the concept of discrimination in our society or in any society in <coughs> Excuse me. In fact, the fact that you posted from your country proves, I think actually proves my point, that people are discriminatory everywhere because people have to find ways of surviving in, in every, you know, in every situation. So. Someone else uh, said something interesting. They said... And this kind of goes along with discrimination and dealing with it, but they said something to the effect of, you know, bef- when, when someone says something ignorant to you, it's very important that you think about and, and, and consider the challenges that that person must be facing. You know, I don't, I don't completely endorse that and I don't completely agree with that. Because if I were to completely agree with that, then I would have to say in some way that, you know, that discrimination is, is okay and it's just not. But I will say, and I would say, that it is important to learn over time how to walk a mile in someone else's shoes and to understand that if someone is ignorant, there probably is a reason. And again, as I said, I think it's a survival tactic, but it's also, I think, based on their own bad experiences or based on their own experiences that they never took the time to understand. So, it's a good point. If someone is rude, um, it's not accept- their behavior is not acceptable, but number one, it's a reflection of their own poor character. And at the same time, it's a kind of a reflection on the experiences that they have had in their life. Because the way that we treat people and the way that we go about things in life and the way that we work or the way that we study, most of how we go about doing it has to do with our past experiences. And most things that we remember are negative things. So because of all of that, I think it's very important to understand that you do need to consider someone's background, right? I mean, you know, it doesn't make the lecturer's behavior okay, but I'm just saying, what if they've never encountered someone with a disability, which in, in your country, I greatly commend you for attending university because in my opinion and in my estimation, I think that it would be challenging for someone with a disability to attend university in your country. I think that you are someone who has already faced an immense amount of discrimination. And I think you're doing a great job because I think that Simply the fact that you're not only a member of Facebook, but a member of our group. And on top of that, since you had the courage to post um, in our group, illustrates to me that you're someone of, um, of really, really good character. And you're someone who has a lot of knowledge. And you're someone who is already, 
going to be a successful person in the first place. So, I don't know. But that's what I think. I think you're on the right track simply because you took the time out to, to basically to contact me about it and to basically talk to our show about it, which is basically what will, you know, what will end up happening. Huh. All right. Well, I wasn't sure what we were going to talk about today, but I'm glad that I was able to kind of talk about those issues. I really, I'm really curious. Why are you so shy? You know, um, I can see my statistics. I can see my, um, I can see my analytics. My total plays are going up every day. I can see how many times you listen to each episode every day. So somebody's listening. Uh, But I just want to know why you're so shy and why you don't want to. And it's fine if you do not want to send me um, a voice memo. Um, And by the way, now I'm addressing the person who wrote the post. So you're going to see in your messenger, you're going to see what I'm talking about. But um, if you don't want to send me a voice memo um, on the show, that's fine. Actually, you know what? Let's, Let's do it this way. If you do want to send me a voice memo of your experience with this situation so that I can, you know, pump it into and and kind of tie it into a podcast like this one, then let me know. Then let me know. And actually, I will. You know what? You you know what I can do? I can send I can send you my personal email privately. Actually, I can I can probably I think I can do that for you. Um, so I'm not going to, I'm never going to say it on the air. So if you want to, you know, be in contact with me, um, about this issue and you want to send a voice memo, um, using your iPhone, um, or if you want to record an audio clip to send in to me and you want me to post and you want to, you need a way of sending it to me. Um, I, I might be willing to give out, give out my email personally on a one-on-one basis, um, Obviously, that's that power. Obviously, is not to be abused or taken advantage of, and I'm not. I'm not standing for that. Not tolerating that for a second. But um, I was. By the way, I was speaking to everyone when I said that. So, yeah, I think if you want to get in contact with me, I think that one of the problems is there's not really an easy way. So, I'm going to send you a PM with with this episode. Um, and then, if you want to reach out to me, simply reply to the message and just and just let me know. All right. Well, as I say, we're almost home. Nani, uh, Nani needs her neighborhood walk every day. Do you have Do you have a guide dog there in your country? Person who I'm I'm interacting with today. Um, have you seen any guide dogs there? I'll tell you, I've been to your region before, and there's almost no service dogs to speak of, um, which is mostly because of the society there, but also really because of the environment environment there is very hot and tropical and it's just not really the best for guide dogs and service dogs as a whole my dog and i we my guide dog and i we lived there for six weeks she liked it i guess but it was probably a little humid and i think she was probably glad when she got back to her home and we are almost home it's a beautiful day
All right. Well, thanks for listening to Aaron's show today. The show where we talk about issues in the blindness community, especially issues in education. Aaron's show is proudly broadcasting on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Breaker. And as we say on my podcast, have a good day today and a great day tomorrow. From regular expenses to occasional splurges, there's a lot to buy. Why not get cash back every time you spend? With the PenFed Power Cash Rewards Card, you get cash back on every purchase. That's everywhere, every time you use it. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash to apply. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Come stay and play at Live Casino and Hotel. Welcome to one of the biggest casinos in the country with luxurious clean rooms, upscale dining, and the grandest payouts. Now offering stay and play and all in packages, including $50 free slot play, VIP parking, VIP casino access, and more. Book now at livecasino.com or call 443-445-2929. At Arundel Mills, must be 21, please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgambling.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER.